0: And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came in men hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country the king of Jericho said unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, These men came unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out, whether the men went, I want not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them on the way to Jordan under the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she, meaning Rahab, came up unto them, meaning the two spies, upon the roof. And she said unto the men, now listen to this, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, When ye came out of Egypt and what ye did under the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shewed you kindness, that ye will shew kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, that ye will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our lives for yours. If ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she left, let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the tower wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourself, uh, and hide yourself. Uh, there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterwards you may go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the sl- into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father, thy mother, thy brethren, and all thy family's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the streets, his blood shall be upon his head. And we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the, in the house, his blood shall be upon our head, if any hand come upon, be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quiet of thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. And she said, according unto your words, so be it. And she went, she sent them away, they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Father, I'm thankful for the word of God, how precious that it is. And we're thankful for the great truths, Lord, that, that you have saw fit, Father, to preserve for us so that we could have them in this day, in this hour, when men and women who are still lost and undone need to be delivered just as Ahab did so long ago. Father, we pray, God, that you would take this message and this little lump of clay that you have stirred uh, his heart, Lord, about, and, Father, help me to set the word forth in such a way that somebody would be saved, that you would be glorified and that your people would be edified. We thank you for the plan and the program that you created to include whosoever will. And I pray, God, that someone in this sanctuary, someone looking on via Facebook or listening in through sermon audio that has yet to trust Christ as their Savior may do so today. Have your own way, Father, as we look to you and as we look into your Word. And whatever's accomplished, we'll be sure to give you the praise. The glory for it all, for we ask it. That name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior, and all of God's people said. I want to reread verse 1 just as a starting place for this simple message. The Bible said, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out a Shittim, or Shittim, two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho, and they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. I'm going to talk to you today, just as I said again for a little while, how, about this, how, how Rahab turned things around. How Rahab turned things around. Everybody in here that's saved and used to be lost, say amen. amen. All of us have just said amen. Hey, you know what? By the grace of God, we've turned things around. We come from different backgrounds, come from different experiences, come with different memories, with different scars, with different pains, with different all sorts of things. But are going to tell you what? We came to the same place. We came to the same one for the same reason. And you know what he said? My grace is sufficient for you. And he said, whosoever will, let him come. So if anybody in here is lost, I don't know your hearts. I just know how God has dealt with my heart on this message of salvation. God forbid that if you come lost that you leave that way. This message, friend, is simple as A-B-C. And if you want a change in your life, if you don't want to die lost and go to a crisis eternity, a devil's hell, just listen in. Pay attention to the Spirit of God as He deals with you. And I'll guarantee you, if that Savior who is seeking you, you begin to seek for Him, something amazing will happen to your life. He'll change your destiny, and He'll change your eternity. I love the Word of God, don't you? I love the stories that we find in them. And the story, the word story is a perfectly sufficient, exact word to use for the accounts of people's lives that God in His wisdom has preserved for you and I. It's not a made-up story like that we would tell our kids at bedtime or that my wife was so able to do when the grandkids went to bed. She almost come ace a line, I think. But she would tell some interesting stories to our grandkids. Watch what you do when you tell stories. You make things up. I'm not, I'm not that far off. She didn't do it to deceive anybody. I'm not saying that. But I'm thankful for the stories of real people and how God has changed them so that we can know. Friend, I don't care who you are or what your background is. He can change you. If you want to be changed. If you need to be changed. If you admit that you want to be changed. We're going to read about a woman that we know really nothing about her history about with the exception that she was a woman that lived in Jericho and she was an Amorite. Now that's not a good testimony right there because this woman was a harlot. How many of you all would like to have harlots in your genealogy. Well, I don't want to disappoint you or bust too many bubbles, but there's probably one or two in all of ours. I mean, really, Jesus had three women that were of questionable um, state, if you will. Rahab was one of them. We don't know. Listen, let me me just get ahead of myself right here. Give some good. We don't know all about her past, but thank God we learned about her future from this day forth. And you know what she was? She became the great, great, great grandmother of a man by the name of David, who Jesus came out of his lineage. Isn't that amazing? Here's what I'm here to tell you this morning: He'll take care of your past and give you a brand new future today. Now, it's gonna be simple. I mean just about as down-to-earth simple as it can get. We know nothing about her family, her family tree. It's nameless, Lord. of God doesn't. She had one. We know that she has a mother. We know she has a father. We know she has brothers. We know she has sister. We know she has family. We don't know their name. We know that they were Amorites, they were of the land of Canaan, they were under the curse of God, and she was a citizen of a town by the name of Jericho that, listen now, was slated for destruction and judgment by Almighty God. Can I tell you what, friend, our world is under condemnation. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden in the beginning, listen, their sin took us in under God's sentence upon them. And look, friend, God has put a judgment upon all mankind. We live unless we're saved under constant condemnation. You know what it is to be condemned? It means that you're going to die. Not a question about if you're going to die, but the only question is when. The Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Sir, ma'am, I'm going to submit to you, if you're not ready to meet God in judgment, if you're not ready to die, you need to be saved, and the sooner the better. If you don't know your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You ought to get out of your seat right now. Somebody will meet with you here. God will meet with you here. I'll keep preaching in case somebody else wants to be saved. But you ought to come to this altar and cry out and say, God, save me before it's eternally too late. We don't know anything about her past except that she was somebody's daughter. She was somebody's daughter. We don't know, friend, what happened to this young lady. We don't know how she became a harlot. Was she abused at home? Was she neglected? Was she mistreated? We don't have any kind of dossier on her. We just know what she was. Now you say, preacher, does it matter how she became what she did? Yeah, it does. But here's why we don't have in the Lord of God. God's able to take care of her and all of that. And this' is what I'm going to say. This is different than the way I normally preach. everybody says that, agrees that say, man, but no apologies. It does matter. You'll never forget it, but God can take care of it. Probably everybody in here has something in your past that you wish you did not. Here's what I've learned my philosophy, T.K. Priceism, if you will. I have to live with my past, but by the grace of God, I don't have to live in it. And I say glory, hallelujah. That set me free when I learned that. So this, this young lady, what, what were her circumstances growing up? She was a pagan. She lived in a heathen land. They were idolatrous. I mean, they, they made sexuality a part of their, quote, worship, unquote. It was rampant. We don't have any idea why she became what she became. But, oh, here's the good news. One day she woke up, and I'll give you the message, after hearing and decided she doesn't want that life anymore. There'll never be a change in my life or your life until you desire it until you realize you need it and you want it. So look, let's start with this message in verse 9. Let me give you a little background on this. We find that the children of Israel, after 40 years wandering in the desert, in the wilderness, had finally gotten to the place that they were ready to go into the land of promise. And the first obstacle that they had was Jericho, which represented the world. You're talking about an enemy. You're talking about a gigantic edifice. You're talking about something that looked impossible for men to overcome. Listen, God is able to do what we are not able to do. You say, preacher, I can't, I can't stop this. I can't deal with this. I can't, I can't. You can't, but God can. That which is impossible with man is possible with God. There's nothing, sir, ma'am, that you've dealt with, that you've tried to take care of yourself, that you couldn't do. You know, I believe all the time people want to be saved and want to quit drinking, want to quit sinning, want to quit doing this, but they don't have any power to do it. They they may be successful a little while, but they don't have power to do it. So look, let's see what changed her life. Number one, it's real simple. She heard. Now listen to this. Verse 9. When these spies... That Joshua, I'm still trying to get ahead of myself, that Joshua sent to Jericho into the land of promise to spy out the land. When they came to Jericho, they came to the obvious place. This is no coincidence. Y'all do know that, don't you? She, they went to a harlot's house. They didn't know what she would do. And she didn't know what they would bring her. But God is able to order our steps, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. And she said unto the men, I know. Listen to that. Man, I like that. I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land... Faith because of you. Look at verse 10. For we have heard. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. How can they hear except someone preach? How shall they preach except one be sent? God's got a plan for you and I to hear what we need in order for us to become what we desire to become. And let me tell you what it is, right in our relationship with a holy God. I don't know about you all, but before I was saved, I got under old time conviction. Y'all remember that? We we don't hear a lot about it much anymore. Man, I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I'd hear a a, a startling sound and a noise. I'd wake up with sweat on my brow. I'd wake up and the Holy Spirit of God say, Son, if you die like this, you're going to die lost. And in my heart of hearts, I said, I don't want to die lost. I'm not ready to stand before God in judgment and answer Him the question that He will ask. The only one that will really matter over every other one. What did I do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? I wasn't ready to do that. But she said, We have heard. There was a testimony about the Lord of the people that he delivered out of bondage after 400 years plus. And listen to what she said. We've heard how that he dried up the water, the Red Sea for you, and how you came out of Egypt and what he did under the kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and all whom you utterly destroyed. And listen to what she said. As soon as we heard, we got under conviction. Now, that's not how it reads, but that's what it says. And when we heard, as soon as we heard, our hearts did melt. Neither did there any more strength or courage remain in any man. Because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and in earth beneath. You're talking about a change in a woman. There was a change because she heard the Word of God. Isn't that amazing? Now listen to this. It took about 38 years at least, 40 years. 38 at the least, 40 years ago. She heard that. Now listen to this. She was under conviction a long time. Y'all do see that, don't you? She wasn't saved when the men got there. She got saved after they got there, and she proved it and what she did for those men and with those men. We have heard about you. Wouldn't you hate to be under conviction 38 years, Josh? Man, it was miserable. People lose weight. They don't sleep. They get cranky with their wives. Any of you wives ever had a cranky husband before he got saved? Say amen. None of you did? I'm not going to ask you if you've got a cranky husband now that he's been saved. I'm, I'd get in trouble on that one. But listen, she heard. One other little point, and I'm going to move on. We have a record of at least 35, 36 miracles in the four gospel accounts of the life of Jesus while on planet earth. He performed multitudes of miracles. We have 35, 36 records of different miracles that he performed. And there was only one miracle that he performed, more than one time, that he did it the same way. Do anybody know what it was? No? not Raising the dead. You know what he did when he raised the widow's son at Nain? When he raised, uh, who was it, Jairus's little daughter? Or when he raised Lazarus at Bethany? Anybody remember? They were dead now physically. He raised them by speaking his word. Sir, ma'am, the only way you can be saved, is by hearing the word of God. The words Jesus said that I speak unto you, they are spirit and their life. Y'all didn't seem to like that real well, but I did. That's powerful. The Word of God, not because TK Price speaks it, it doesn't matter. Even a mule speaking God's Word gets men's attention. That's how you got to be saved. She heard the Word of God. Number two, this is really hard too, isn't it? She believed. She just simply believed. Now, people say all the time, wrongly so, and I'm sorry, I don't want to offend anybody listening in or looking on. We don't believe only those things we can understand. Life is filled with mysteries. Even evidence and science has changed over the years, has it not? I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's nothing, nothing any more trustworthy to trust in or to believe on than the Word of Almighty God. Excuse me. I ought to come down here and show you all how to do it. You can trust the Word of Almighty God. He cannot lie. He will not lie. And the Word of God says great things and simple things that even I can understand. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said, For The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus said, He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Folks, we can trust this word. You say, how do I know that she believed, preacher? Well, she gives evidence of it. You know this woman lied. Now, listen. Everybody listen to me right now say Amen. The Bible doesn't allow us to lie. The Bible tells us that God even hates a lie. And I don't know how to explain the lie of Rahab and those um, midwives down in Egypt when they lied to Pharaoh and lied to the king of Jericho. But I'll tell you what, they lied for the lesser of the two evils that could have happened. Is that a good way to say that? I don't think she's going to be in a whole lot of trouble with God. Hey, if I'd have been one of those spies, I care if she had gotten in trouble, I would be glad she lied for me. I'm selfish, all right? But listen now, I'm not advocating lying. Do you hear me? Listen to what it says. And the woman, in verse 4, took two men up and hid them. Look at verse 6 but she had brought them up to the roof of her house and had them with the stalks of flax and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And when the king of Jericho sent and said, have you seen those guys? She said, well, yeah, the last time I saw them, I saw the hind parts of them going out of the the city. And she had them up on her roof covered up. I'm going to tell you something. It's one thing to say we believe, but it's another thing to prove that we believe. It's James, the half brother of Jesus, that says, hey, listen, faith without works is dead being alone. If we really trust Christ, if we will really believe him, and, and those folks that I'm going to talk to about in a minute about baptism, I'm not picking on you. I hadn't I didn't have you all in mind in what I'm going to say next. When we get saved, we'll want to follow Jesus in Christian baptism. We'll, we'll want to do something to prove that Christ is in us and we're in Christ. Hey, like coming to church. Man, I didn't even know I was going to say these things, but I'm liking them. Like, like, like reading your Bible. Like not telling lies, but by not by not uh, uh, drinking, by not doing drugs, by not watching pornography, by not lying and cheating and stealing and cursing and using smutty language. Somebody say amen. Well, let me say a few other things by dressing right, and acting right, and looking right. I I mean, should we get? You know, funny thing about sin, we don't hear much about it, but we see a lot of it happening. And as long as we're real genetic in what we preach from the pulpit, most people are all right with their pastors preaching about sin. But we ought ought to get as far away from it as believers as we can. If you agree with that, say amen. Now there's pleasure in it, but I'll tell you what, the pleasure isn't worth the consequences that it brings. She believed and she obeyed. I like this, and I'm almost about done. Judy's fingers are itching anyway. She said, picking it up in verse 12. Now, therefore, I pray you, swearing to me by the Lord, since I have shewed you kindness, that you also shew kindness unto my Father's house and give me a true token and that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brother, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. Can I tell you, sinner, friend, there is a high, a great possibility, even a good probability, if you get saved, other people in your family will be saved. Now listen to what I want to tell you. I believe the Word of God teaches household salvation. Not that, because a daddy gets saved, everybody in the house is going to automatically get saved. I guarantee you, friend, if a daddy gets saved, the higher probability of his family uh, being saved is there than than not being. I mean, when the Philippian jailer got saved in in, uh, Acts chapter 16, it ended up his whole household got saved. I believe God's intentions are for families to go to heaven pretty clear. Can I tell you, when when I got saved, dad wasn't serving the Lord, mom wasn't serving the Lord, Doug wasn't serving the Lord. I got to see mom kneel at an altar and repent. Dad walked down the altar and repent, had the privilege of helping baptize my brother. It wasn't because me, but it started somewhere in the Price family, and I say glory to God for that. Glory to God for that. Wouldn't it be amazing if you got saved and your mom got saved and your dad got saved and your cousin got saved and your uncle got saved? I'm telling you, these kind of things work. She heard, she believed, and she obeyed. You know what? If I can find it really quick. They told her, Where's it at? Look at verse 21. I'll just end it with that. And she said, according unto your words, be it so. And she sent them away. And they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. I had another verse or two that I was going to read about that scarlet. Oh, there it is. Look at verse 17 and 18. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold. When we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us by down. Thou shalt bring thy father, thy mother, thy brethren, and all thy father's household home unto thee. <laughs> a scarlet thread, far as I can remember back as a little kid. I mean, I, mean I, I was a young little fellow the first time I ever heard a preacher preach on the scarlet thread up at BIM West Virginia, Doug, and we were going there as kids. And he preached on it, to be in a picture of the blood. Now look what I believe. Look what I believe this passage tells us. They said, now listen, you're going to let us down with this cord. You've done told us that. We're going to escape by this cord. In other words, this scarlet colored cord is going to provide salvation for us. And if you'll let it, it'll provide salvation for you. Now listen to this. They got out by it. She got in by it. That just come from heaven, by the way. Never heard that. Never read that. Never said that. That's even good for me. They got out. She got in because of the blood. That's really what we're talking about. And I believe with all of my heart, I don't know how she let them down. I know it was with the cord. I have no idea. But I'll tell you what, I believe if she let them out. They got gone. She got a look at where that car, scarlet cord was, uh, was bound in that window. She wasn't real satisfied. I believe she surveyed the place and said, what if they come this way? What if they come around the edge of the wall that way? I want them to make sure they see this cord. And she put it at the most advantageous place on the outside of her window on the outside of the wall of the city of Jerusalem so that they could be sure to see can i tell you all something real simple when the blood of jesus gets applied to your life by faith trust me he won't have any problem seeing it on you she heard she believed she obeyed and she was saved Turn quickly, and I, I'll quit on this. Chapter 6. Chapter 6. I'm going to read about four verses, and then, and then I'm done. Verse 22. They were getting ready to go into Jericho. They had already marched around the city for six days, and this was the seventh day. They were getting ready to go around it. Just like God had told them, they were ready to blow the trumpets. They were ready to shout. Look at this. It starts with but. But after after Joshua told him to utterly destroy everything in that city, everything, men, women, boys and girls, sheep, cattle, the only thing they were to preserve is the gold and the silver and and those kind of things that could be purified by fire. Put Put it in the treasure. But look at the next words. See, I see the word of God is so great, but he said you destroy everything. But now, on the other hand, Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, "Go into the harlot's house, bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her and the men." that were spies, went in and brought out Rahab and her father, her mother, her brethren, and all that she had. And they brought out all of her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. They burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the vessels, only the silver, the gold, and the vessels of brass, of iron. They put in the treasure of the house of the Lord. And Joshua was saved Rahab the harlot alive in her father's house, holding all that she had. I say, glory to God. You know what I believe? That day when they began to shout, the walls of Jericho fell down. The children of Israel could not have missed Rahab the harlot's house. You say, why? I believe, you may disagree, but I believe it was the only thing standing. And just as a seal on her life outside that wall, That scarlet line was blowing in the wind. She was saved. Her household was saved. Those that she loved were saved because she heard the Word of God. All she had to do was believe the Word of God and then obey it. I believe she is saved. I can't wait to get to heaven to hear some of the testimonies of people. Oh, but they'll be interested in hearing mine. Now, to be honest, I don't know whether we'll be able to tell. I like to tell mine. I like to tell mine. I remember when God was dealing with me with just a kid. I mean, a little snot-nosed kid. I remember one time, Doug, we were still living in a four-room house up there at the mouth of Gerald's Branch. Been somewhere with mom, and she'd wear, if she was here today and stood up and sung a, sing a song, this little boy of mine, I'd cry like a baby. But she'd sing that thing and I'd weep. One day I was, she was driving and I had my head laying in her lap. You know how kids do? And she said, buddy, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now listen to how silly this is i was a kid talking now i said well mom i said i said i don't know i said i'd Mm -hmm. like to be a doctor maybe be like a buddy wolf to bring kids in the world i didn't know what an OBGYN was buddy had no idea but i was interested in life dealing with life new life thought i'd like to be a doctor and deliver babies now listen to this I'm okay. Everybody knows I'm okay right now. I'm, I'm conservative. I'm solid. I'm fundamental. Everybody knows that. Say amen. Or I told her I'd like to be a woman so I could have a baby. I told you all I was a kid, a snotty-nosed kid. Transgenderism wasn't even, wasn't even, wasn't even in the vocabulary back then. But you know why? I was interested in life. Or this. Now listen. Or be a preacher. So I could see people born again. Had no idea. None whatsoever. But I know this, friend. God can do things that we can't do. And he brings us to the most unlikely places. To the most unlikely people. Listen, when Joshua was sent out, when Joshua was sent out two spies, one of them, they tell me, Bible scholars tell me his name was Salmon, S-A-L-M-O-N. Rahab married her. He loved her so much that his love and his grace that he expressed towards this woman, Rahab, erased her past. He her friend, God can do you the same way. We're all in here broken. My God, we're broken vessels. More than one skeleton in our closets. Maybe not yours, but some of us, our closets. And you know what Jesus will do? Because He did what He did at Calvary. He'll make you new. He'll set you free. He'll put you in the right family. He'll give you a new life. And again, you won't forget your past, but you know what? He won't forget it either. Here's what He will do, though choose not to remember it again. Now that's powerful. See, if I forget, that's an accident. But if I choose not to remember, that's intentional. There's something powerful about that. I don't know that I could ever remember where God said, I'll forget your past. But he does tell us, I'll not remember it.